Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. Has anybody ever done a strength finder test? Anyone? Yeah, a few of you have done a strength finder test. It's this thing where you kind of, there's this questionnaire and you fill in all these questions and then it comes back and it gives you apparently what your strengths are. Sometimes you do them in, in work, some of you maybe done them there. But um, a few years ago, uh, someone uh, came along to do a, a strength finder test with a bunch of the staff at CCM. And, um, and the one we did was called the Clifton Strength Finder Test, if that means anything to anyone. And we did this big questionnaire. And then it tells you what your top five strengths are. It doesn't tell you what all your weaknesses are. You have to pay extra money for that. So um, you, you just find out what your strengths are. So, uh, so I did this uh, those years ago. And apparently, my top five strengths are harmony. You know, love to get on with everyone. Communication. like to preach and talk. Um, maximizer. Apparently, that's getting the most out of things. Positivity, always positive, <laughs> and focus. We're very focused on things. So apparently, that's that's what it came out as my as my strengths. Maybe you're sitting there thinking, "Yeah, I don't see any of them in you, Andy, at all. You're not positive. You're not." <laughs> but that's apparently what mine were. So what we had was this this guy kind of come along, got all the stuff to do, and then then the kind of strength finder trainer guy. Then he explained to us what our kind of blend of strengths meant we would kind of be like as a person. What are some things we would like? What are some things we would dislike? And it was really interesting. And there was lots of moments when he was explaining and I was like, oh yeah, that's so true. Like, for example, he said that people who have focus in their top five, right, which is me, hate open plan offices because you just get so distracted and you can never focus on what you want to do. And I'm sitting there thinking, yes. I do hate open plan offices because you'd be so distracted. You'd never get anything done. Uh, and there was loads of little things like that. We're like, wow, yeah, that's true. That's true. And, and uh, what was really funny about it was, was when, we, when he kind of, we all kind of in the group, the CCM staff, we all shared what our, what our strengths were. And it was really funny when, when Colin shared his top five. So Colin had kind of just passed on the senior leadership of CCM. And, uh, and he shared his top five. And the guy said, wow, Colin. Lots of dictators have the same top five strengths as you. You would make a really good dictator. And all the other staff were kind of like laughing really nervously, going, ah, yeah, oh, great. <laughs> Super. And Colin's like, okay, well, yeah, I don't really know what to do with that, but yeah, fine. So, and then the guy kind of then showed us how all our different strengths kind of complemented each other and how that brought real strength to the team, which, which, was, which was a good thing. But... That kind of leads us into what I want us to talk about uh, this morning, which is the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts or, or strengths that the Holy Spirit has uniquely given each of us to serve uh, the church. And the place in the Bible that talks most about the gift of the Spirit is, is 1 Corinthians chapter 12 to 14. So over the next three weeks, we're going to be looking at what these three chapters tell us about the gifts of the Spirit. And we're going, to, we're going to take a chapter each week. So this morning, I'm going to start with 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So if you have it in your Bible, you can get it up there. It's going to appear on the screen here as well. And that 1 Corinthians 12 basically shows us that we as believers all have been given gifts by God to serve and bless each other in the church. And that's, that's pretty much what this passage is all about. 
And I think that's the key difference between strength finder tests and spiritual and looking at spiritual gifts. You see, strength finder tests, if you've ever done them, um, as good as they are, as helpful as they can be, they're a bit me-focused. They're a bit like, you know, uh, it's all about the strengths that I have that I can use to benefit me. It can be a bit like that. Whereas with the spiritual gifts in the Bible, it's the complete opposite. It's not what I've got for myself, but what have I been given by God, not just for myself, but to serve and bless others. So that's what it's all about. Gifts God has given us to bless the church, to bless others. So let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 12 uh, together. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to dumb idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spirits, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. And so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Verse 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you're the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret, now eagerly desire the greater gifts, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. Now isn't that just a beautiful passage of scripture in the Bible? I mean, isn't it just beautiful? I mean, it totally goes against all the kind of Christian celebrity stuff, doesn't it? You know, where it's all focused on this one person at the front. It's just such a beautiful passage. Just followers of Jesus humbly serving 
each other. It is a beautiful, beautiful picture of the church. This morning, I just want to share three things with you um, this morning, just about that passage, really, really simply. First is that God has gifted you. He's gifted you, each and every one of you here, and he's gifted you in a unique way. It's not like anybody else. And he has gifted you in a unique way to be a gift to others. Okay, so it's not to, to hog it, to hold it for yourself, to make yourself look good. It's to, to use it to be a gift to others. So first thing I want to talk about this morning is God has gifted you. Now, before we get into that, I've got a picture. Does anyone know who this is? John says Rory Best with a bit of annoyance that nobody else knows who it is. Yes, this is Rory Best, former Irish international rugby player. Uh, 124 caps. Yes, Hillary's given a little away there. 124 caps, one of the most successful players in world rugby. Uh, he's been at the top of world rugby for many, many years. Uh, he just retired a few years ago. And actually, Rory Best actually went to my school. Uh, he was four years older than me, so I didn't really know him. My sister and his sister were good friends growing up, but I never really knew him, so I can't claim that. But, you know, everybody in Northern Ireland kind of knows everybody. So, um, but yeah, so, um, but when Rory Best, when he played for our school rugby team, Shouldn't surprise you, but he was miles better than everybody else. Whenever other schools uh, played us, it wasn't long before all the coaches and all the people watching at the side were like, who is this guy? Who, he's, who is this? Because he was just so gifted. He was just so good. He was, he was everywhere on the pitch. Wherever the ball was, he seemed to be there, just like magically making tackles, scoring tries. I think he even took the conversions as well. He just did so much stuff. Incredibly gifted rugby player. Now, for someone like that, it's very easy for them to know they've got a gift because there are thousands of people in a stadium there to watch them use their gift. But you know, I want, want us all here sitting to know that God has given all of us, every single one of us here as believers, special gifts, spiritual gifts. He's given us all special gifts. And these spiritual gifts, they're not just natural abilities. Okay. Now, they may be based on the gifts you were given when you were born, but what the Holy Spirit does is he takes these gifts, these natural abilities you have, and he enhances them, and he modifies them, and he even adds to them. And when these gifts are used, verse 6 of our passage says, God is at work. So when we use the gifts he's given us, God is at work. And the incredible thing is that every single Christian here, I've said it once, I'll say it again, every single Christian here has these spiritual gifts. Verse 7 says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So if you're a Christian here today, the Holy Spirit has given you supernatural gifts. I've said it a third time. Yes, he's given you supernatural gifts, every single one of you. Now, I remember, uh, must have been a few years ago, Tom O'Toole preached on this topic. Uh, I remember he, he referred to spiritual gifts as like, as being like superpowers. You know, kind of talk, what's your superpower? You know, and he would have a picture of Superman up. I think we've got one, you know, and he'd be like, you know, the way that Superman can fly and Spider-Man can do his, you know, web thing. I don't know how he does that, but, you know, they've all got their superpower. And, and he was basically saying, you know, as Christians, we, we have, it's kind of like that. We have these special gifts that God has 
given us. Now, it may not lead to thousands of people in a stadium watching us. It may not lead to, you know, a Marvel, you know, film franchise or anything like that. But, yeah, Superman's not Marvel, is it, Jamie? Jamie's shaking his head. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm way out of my depth here when I'm talking about this. Yeah, so, um, but, but, but he has given us these gifts. And we shouldn't be surprised at that, should we? That God has given us supernatural superpower gifts. Because if you think about it, the Holy Spirit who breathed life into Jesus' dead and rotting body is the same Holy Spirit that is, you know, extending the kingdom of God across this world. And it's the same Holy Spirit that lives inside each of us. So, you know, there's got to be something, there's got to be an effect from that, hasn't there? And it does have an effect. It produces gifts in us, spiritual gifts. And he has given these gifts to each of us in a unique way. He's given all of us gifts in a unique way. And that's the second thing I want us to look at this morning. Now, if you look at verses 4 and 5 in our passage, it says that there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. And and then we're given a a flavor of those gifts in verses 8 to 10, and also in verse 28 of our passage. Now, it's worth saying, this isn't an exhaustive list. This isn't all the spiritual gifts there are. Um, Because there's actually a bunch of other lists of spiritual gifts in the Bible, in Romans 12, uh, in Ephesians 4, in 1 Peter Peter 4 as well. Um, They've got some overlap. There's some similarities, some overlap. Um, But also, I think it's not an exhaustive list. I think there's other ones out there that aren't even mentioned as well. So this isn't an exhaustive list. This isn't all the gifts there are. But if we have a look at some of the gifts in, in these verses, it says some have been given uh, the message of wisdom. Okay, so the ability to bring incredibly wise, godly perspective on situations. I wonder if you've ever experienced someone bring that into your life. Some have also been given a message of knowledge, the ability to bring just a message rich and deep in theological understanding. Just bring that into a situation. Others have been given the gift of apostleship, which is the ability to pioneer and oversee new churches in new areas and regions. Others have been given the, 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 the gift of prophecy, uh, which is God-inspired speech. That's what prophecy is. Um, there's a lot more we could say on that, but it's God-inspired speech. When God like, wants something that he communicated and he, and, he, and he puts that in someone's mind and they share that, that's prophecy. To others, he has given the gift of teaching, teaching the Bible. To others, he's given the, the gift of tongues, speaking in a heavenly language. We, we've had a great time at community group. Uh, we, we did a, a week on speaking in tongues and it was really good just to, there's a, there was a lot of people who did speak in tongues, but just hadn't done it for quite a while. And it was really good just to see a lot of people just kind of pick that up again and, spe- and use that gift again in community group. Others have been given the gift of interpretation of tongues. So being able to discern what is being said when someone is speaking in tongues. These are gifts that we have been given. Some other people have been given the gift of healing. Others have been given the gift of helping, which is in verse 28, which is basically the gift of being able to get alongside uh, people who are struggling, who are weak and vulnerable, and just really be there for them in a way that's very important, very profound, very significant. Some other people have been given the gift of faith, which we see there in verse 9. This isn't talking about saving faith. It's not, you know, all Christians have saving faith because there's no other way to actually be a Christian. Um, But the faith that's being talked about here is is a faith basically that really believes in in the God of the impossible. 
You know, the faith talked about here is faith that prays big, bold prayers and takes big risks because they know God is at work. That sort of faith, and that sort of faith is a massive gift to CCM. It's a massive gift to church. Now, there's a huge variety and diversity of the gifts in this passage, in the other passages. You can have a look at those in your own time. But it seems, from what, what Paul talks about in this passage, is that there are a group of people in Corinth, the city that this, the church in the city that this letter was addressed to, a group of people in Corinth who basically had elevated one gift above all others. And the gift that they elevated was the gift of tongues. So much so that they were all doing it, and all doing it together, and in a kind of disruptive kind of way. Now, I don't think that's a problem for us here, you know, us all speaking in tongues together and it being really disruptive and nothing else happening. I don't think that's an issue we have. Um, you know, I don't think we, we're kind of holding that up as the gift that everyone, you know, right, let's do it all the time. I think possibly if we were going to, if we're, if we're guilty of elevating one gift above others, it could be preaching possibly, that we elevate that above all others. But look at what Paul says about, kind of, about this, about elevating one gift over another. He says this in verses 12 to 26. He uses the illustration of the body. Verse 17 says, if the, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. You know, the human body would be pretty useless if it was made up of a hundred eyes, wouldn't it? And that was it. You know, and, and in the same way, CCM would be pretty useless if it was just made up of a hundred preachers. You just have a lot of preaching and not much else. You know, it would, we need each other because God has uniquely gifted each of us. You know, it's a few, when was it, a few years ago, I was chatting to someone from church, and I, I just said to them, I just kind of opened up a bit, you know, you kind of bury your soul a bit with someone, and I, I did that a bit, I'm just sharing where I'm at with life and everything, I just said, you know, I, I, I just don't think I have this particular gift, you know, and the person in question turned to me and said, well, that's all right, because I have that gift. And I was like, okay, yeah, I mean, I get that. He says, he says, there's a bunch of other gifts that I don't have that you do have. So how about we just stick together and be all right then? Deal? And I was like, deal, yeah. Let's just stick together. And that's what it's about, really. It's not about one person having everything. It's about, okay, I've got this gift, you've got that gift. Let's just stick together and we'll be all right. And that's what the body's about. That's what the church is, is about. You know, CCM does not need more of me. You know, it does not need more Elizabeths. It does not need more Jamie's even. You know, it does not need more Cat Langley's. I know, I know, I, I've said it. But it needs, it needs more of you. It needs, it needs you in the unique way that God has shaped and formed you for this church. You know, so there is a uniqueness in the gifts that we have been given. You know, Elizabeth sometimes uh, writes cards to encourage people in church. Maybe you've, you've got one of them. Uh, she's like, oh, don't put that illustration in. So sorry, I, I am. Um, she sometimes <laughs> writes cards to encourage people in church. Now, other people, you know, may have the gift of encouragement at this church as well. But no one encourages people in exactly the same way that she does it. You know, there's a, the, the way she uses that gift is unique to her. 
You know, for example, Millie, sorry, um, I'm bringing you, yeah, you're going to hide right now. But Millie has a gift of, of seeing practical needs that need to be met and meets them. So, like, whenever we come home from holiday, we'll come home and there'll be milk and bread in the fridge, just magically there. Millie has just seen that we need that, and it's there. I remember um, a while ago, someone was moving house, uh, and, uh, and Millie went over and cleaned their house before they moved, like the one they were leaving. I was like, wow, that is very, very nice of you to do that. But, you know, she could see that. She could see that. Now, other people can have the gift of service here at church and meet practical needs like Millie does, but not quite in the same way. You know, she has, she has a uniqueness to that gift. A few, I think it was last month, Lambert came and led worship here. Now, other people can lead worship, but no one leads worship in the way Lambert leads worship. You know, like, and that is true. But actually, no one leads worship in the way Jamie leads worship or Jake leads worship. There's a uniqueness to how they all do that. You know, one of uh, Adrian. Oh, Adrian, you're in the service today. Yes, yes. Um, not on crush today. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, one of Adrian's gifts. Elizabeth and I were talking about this. Sorry, everyone's worried about who's going to get picked out next. <laughs> everyone's like, oh, man, not me. But one of Adrian's gifts, Elizabeth and I were talking about this, is making the small children in this church feel valued and appreciated. And he does that even when he's not on crash. So much so that last week, well, two weeks before, like when Grace, our little two-year-old, saw Adrian, she ran up to him and gave him a big hug. Now, other people can have a similar gift, but they don't, they don't use that in exactly the same way that Adrian does. It's a unique gift. God has gifted each of us in a unique way, and he has done that for all of us. And the reason he has done that, the reason he has gifted us in a unique way is, hey, third point coming here, is to be a gift to others. That's why he's gifted us in that unique way. Verse 7 says, the gifts are given for the common good, which means they're given to serve others rather than to serve ourselves. You know, often when we think of church and we think of serving, we immediately think about the dreaded word, Rotas, you know, uh, you know, we have that rotas, and, and it can be often like, oh gosh, yeah, I'm on the rota again this Sunday, you know, and I get that, especially if you're on a, a load of rotas, you can be like, oh right, yeah, I'm on this Sunday. But you know, when you serve at church, you're actually fulfilling your God given calling and purpose. You know, you're being the body of Christ, and I think sometimes when we view it like that, it really changes our attitude, I think. You know, we're, we're doing our God-given purpose and calling when we're serving. And you know, also, when we serve one another at church, we're actually showing a bit of Jesus to each other. Isn't that cool? Like, we're showing a bit of Christ-likeness, a bit of Jesus to each other when we serve other people in the church. So it's not just, you know, I'm on kids' work this week or I'm on welcome, but it's I'm fulfilling God's purpose for me by serving others and reflecting Jesus to the rest of the church. That's what we're doing when we serve. And, you know, to serve others and to not expect anything back and to do that without grumbling is one of the most countercultural things you can do in our society. You know, when people see, this is missional, when people see that, they're like, wow, you guys have got something here. I've not seen this before. You know, this is amazing. I can think of so many examples of people at church using their gifts to serve other people. I remember when Elizabeth and I, when we first moved into our house seven years ago, our bathroom had no tiles on it, like no tiles. It was like bare floorboards. 
Uh, we had no money, like, you know, no money at all. Colin came in, had a look, says, I'll tile it for you, Andy. I was like, Colin, you tile? He's like, I'll do it. And he did it, and he did a really good job, actually. He tiled our bathroom for us. He used his gifts to serve the body, to serve the church. Sometimes whenever uh, people have, have new babies or when people go through really tough times, one of the things we do at church is we have a meal train. You've probably often seen them in, in, the, in the WhatsApp group where we just get a bunch of people to make meals for people um, where they're at. Again, another way of people using their gifts to serve others. Um, a year or two ago, I heard of uh, someone from, uh, I think it was from Lady Barn. Uh, someone from Lady Barn, their, their car died, okay? It was just died, written off, gone. They didn't have the money to replace it. Another couple from church heard about the fact that their car had died, and they had two cars, so they just said to the person, you can have one of our cars, and they gave them a car. I mean, beautiful, using their gift of generosity to serve others. And then a really funny example from this last weekend, the weekend away, um, it was Sunday afternoon, and I was walking back to my car to start packing, sorry, Hillary, and um, next to my car is Hillary's car, and Hillary stood next to her car, and I can see she's having this conversation with Tom O'Toole. And I just over here, she stood next to Tom and she's, she's, said, she's asking Tom what to do about her flat tire. And I overhear Tom saying to Hillary, uh, I'm not sure what to do. Uh, oh, perhaps take it to garage? Uh, I don't know. Uh, and uh, I remember thinking, oh, poor Hillary, she's new here. <laughs> you know, Hillary, you're really asking the wrong guy there. <laughs> I mean, you know, Tom is not the car guy. He's not the car tire guy. That gift was not bestowed upon Tom O'Toole. It just wasn't. It wasn't at all. Tom's the guy you go to if you want someone to explain the ins and outs of predestination or, you know, some other deep theological point. Tires aren't his thing. They're just not his thing. So Tom walks off, and I walk over to Hillary, and I say, Hillary, is your tire flat? She says, yeah. Said, do you want me to blow it up for you? Uh, I've got a pump in my car. She says, oh, that'll be so good. Yeah, so I pumped it up for her. Uh, and she was so thankful. She was like, Andy, I feel like hugging you right now. Uh, and then I was like, okay. And then a few moments later, she was like, Andy, I'm going to hug you right now. <laughs> so she did. Uh, it was quite funny. Um, the moral of the story is if a pastor ever does anything good for you, uh, they're going to mention it in a sermon to get the credit for it. So that's exactly what I'm doing. It's loosely connected, but no, it is, it's another example of us using our gifts to serve one another. What's even funnier about this story is I heard like a few weeks ago after community group, someone did actually say to Tom, Tom, I'd like you to explain predestination to me. And he did very well, you know. So again, us using our gifts to serve each other. We've all been given different gifts. And when we all use our gifts to serve one another, the body is healthy. But when not everyone is using their gifts, the body doesn't function the way it's supposed to. And it gets sick. And none of us want to go to a sick church. We all want to go to a healthy church. So it's so good for us to, to serve one another. So question, as we finish, how do we figure out what our gifts are? Well, I think there's three areas that help us figure that out. Okay, First is ability. Ask yourself the question, what am I good at? Second, passion. Ask yourself the question, what do I care about? And thirdly, opportunity. Where is there a need in the church that I need to meet? Now, we can often think, you know, ability and passion. These are kind of the main starting points when it comes to figuring out our gifts. Um, You know, by figuring out, okay, what am I good at? What am I passionate at? But can I suggest that we actually change this a bit and that we make opportunity so where is there a need 
to be our starting point when it comes to figuring out our gifts. And, and the reason I think we should do that is because looking for opportunities in the church or areas where there are needs often helps us find gifts we didn't know we had because we've never tried to do anything in that area. Things we would have never tried to do otherwise. I remember when we started at CCM Withington, uh, what, six, six years ago or so, six, seven years ago, and uh, Luke, Luke Roden, who is there, uh, you know, Luke realized we don't have enough worship leaders. It's the Jamie Semple show. He's our one worship leader. We need worship leaders. So Luke dusted off his guitar. He hadn't played it in years. He'd never sang in front of people before in his life. But he's like, you know what, there's a need and I need to step up and do this. So he started practicing his guitar, started practicing singing. And overnight, he was our new worship leader along with Jamie. And Jamie was very thankful for not having to lead every Sunday. So that was just something that he saw a need. And he met the need and he discovered that he had a real gift there. So actually last month when, when Reddish was planted out of Lady Barn and Luke went to the new Reddish plant, there were a bunch of people who were like, oh, I'm really going to miss Luke because I really like Luke's worship leading. He's such a good worship leader. So he discovered a new gift by meeting a need. Now, one thing you may or may not know about me is that um, I, I only really cook one meal. I can only cook one meal, right? Bangers and mash. That's it. Now, I did very well, but that's it. Um, but just before Christmas, there was a need for someone to make pulled pork in a slow cooker for one of our church lunches. <laughs> so I met that need. So I made some, I've got to be honest, very nice pulled pork. Uh, now, I'm not going to mention the fact that Claire just sent me a recipe and I just followed the recipe Claire sent. <laughs> but, met, but actually, it was, there was a need and I met that need. Now, Elizabeth said, you know, Andy, she says, I have a real gift there. And I should uh, really, I, I, that I need more opportunities to exercise that gift. So uh, Michelle's probably going to be coming and getting me. Yeah, yeah, I'm making, I'm making for everybody now, am I? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so. But seriously, I, I mean, if I'd never, if there wasn't a need, I'd never have discovered that opportunity. So let's look for opportunities. And you never know what gift might come out of trying something new, of meeting a need in the church. So we've all been gifted by God in a unique way to gift, to be a gift to others.